So I was wondering why did my fastball go from 88 to 82 when I'm working harder than I ever have? It's because I was working at the wrong things. So as someone who was highly motivated, highly dedicated, highly driven, working hard at the wrong things doesn't work. It just causes you to go in the wrong direction faster and further from your goals. Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm, a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message from me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious, and I want to thank you for spending it with me here today. But just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together and strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Brian, welcome to the Outperform Podcast. How are you? Scott, doing fabulous, man. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you. Hey, I'm psyched to have you on this podcast for a number of reasons. But I'm going to ask you the First question that I always ask any guests, which is when you hear the word outperform, what does that mean to you and how do you define it in your life? Yeah, I mean, for me, outperform is really simply about comparing yourself to yourself, right? And for me, outperforming is on a daily basis. Can I outperform who I was yesterday? And, can, and tomorrow, can I outperform today? So the way I like to say it is, can I simply be better today than I was yesterday? And can I be better tomorrow than I was today? And I think for a long period of time, you know, as a competitive athlete growing up, you're always trying to like outperform the competition. And what I finally realized when I, when I studied under the great Ken Revisa, the godfather of sports psychology, what I realized was, man, the only competition is us. The only competition is the guy that you see in the mirror. And can you, if you can just focus on the things that you can control and outperform you from yesterday, you're giving yourself the best chance for success. Because for a lot of time, right, the people that I was comparing myself to were the wrong people. And it's like, if you're, if you're the best snowboarder in Mexico, don't compare yourself to other snowboarders in Mexico right? Because they're just not that good. So I think when you grow up in a small town like I did in Massachusetts and you're a three-sport athlete and you're comparing yourself to people in a small town, you know, then when you go to Division One college athletics, you're in for a rude awakening because everybody's good. And now when everybody's good, you know, and you're focusing on outperforming them and you're not doing it, you don't know what to go to and you kind of lose your path and lose your way instead of keeping the focus on the things you can control of simply trying to outperform yourself on a daily basis. It's so funny. You literally just named about four or five things that, that I say the exact same way anytime that I'm speaking. It's almost like I'm, I'm talking to myself here, <laughs> but it's awesome. So the audience will now understand why I was so excited to have you here on the podcast. But why don't you give, a little, give, give the audience a taste of your background um, and what it is that you do? Sure. So, you know, as it was a successful high school athlete, as a lot of people are, go to college and fell flat on my face. I was probably the most underperforming college baseball player on the planet. And it wasn't because I wasn't working hard. It wasn't because I wasn't a great teammate. My coach would tell you that, you know, the first day, the first day of practice, 
I ran 100 poles, which is foul pole to foul pole in the outfield of baseball. People typically will run like five to 10. And as a joke, he's like, yeah, go run 100. So I didn't want to get hit by a ball. So I went behind the fence and ran 100 poles. It took me three and a half hours. I was in the best shape of my life, probably ran a marathon. But as a baseball player, you don't train endurance, you train power. So I was wondering why did my fastball go from 88 to 82 when I'm working harder than I ever have? It's because I was working at the wrong things. So as someone who was highly motivated, highly dedicated, highly driven, working hard at the wrong things doesn't work. It just causes you to go in the wrong direction faster and further from your goals. So that was my college career and I got, it drove me crazy. So someone said, hey man, go talk to the sports psychologist on campus like I'm concerned about you because I was going mental because I was trying everything and not getting results. So I went and met with this sports psychologist and she was more clinical based and it helped. But what I needed was performance based. I needed someone to say, Hey man, you got to take a breath before every pitch. You got to have a routine. You got to focus on the controllables. You got to realize confidence is not a feeling. It's something that you do practice body language, focus and self-talk all those mental skills that we teach. So I needed to hear that. I, but no one was talking that language. In one day, clear as day, I remember it, man, July 4th, 2000, I walk into a Barnes & Noble. I never walked into a bookstore. Walked into Barnes & Noble across from Fenway Park. Well, what do they have in the Barnes & Noble across from Fenway Park? A baseball section. So being a baseball player, I go over and I see this book, Heads Up Baseball by Ken Revisa. And I pull the book off the shelf. It was like divine intervention. And as I open the book in there are these boxes that essentially are the cliff notes of the whole book you can read through in like 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there and it's like hitting me with jabs going, oh my God, don't compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to yourself. Boom. Be consistent by having a pre-pitch routine. Focus on not getting an out, but just making a pitch. Control what you can control. You got to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. And I'm going, how come no one has ever taught me this? How come I've never heard this? So I buy the book. And I send him an email and I said, Professor Revisa, I know I'm not playing pro baseball. I'd like to be a coach. Do you offer a master's in this? So I go out to Cal State Fullerton and Scott, I don't know at the time, but I go and do my master's underneath literally the John Wooden of sports psychology. Now, Ken Revisa passed away in 2018, on July 8th, 2018. And the New York Times said the godfather of sports psychology has passed away. Ken Revisa was like one of the first people hired by Joe Madden when he took over the Chicago Cubs. And when they reversed the curse and won the World Series, Ken Revisa and Joe Madden were on the fire truck together celebrating in the parade. So I didn't know at the time, but Scott, in 2002 and three, I'm studying with the, the godfather of sports psychology and I'm sitting in there going, how did I end up here? This is incredible. I go and buy a laptop. So I sit in the front row, I'm taking notes. I'm audio recording all of his lectures. I can't get enough. And then, and then I was a grad assistant baseball coach there. I wanted to be a coach. 2003, we go to the College World Series as the number one team in the country, wire to wire, and finish third. And I'm sitting on a curb outside of Rosenblatt Stadium in Omaha, Nebraska, bawling because I don't know what I'm going to do. And I had gotten an interview with a, Vermont, a school in Vermont, a high school in Vermont to be a teacher. So I called them and I said, man, I got $900 in my name. I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to coach and teach. Is the job still available? And I go to Vermont. I'm a high school health, which was terrifying, and phys ed teacher. So I taught high school health and phys ed for a year. And then I became a high school athletic director for eight years. And during this time when I was teaching and becoming a high school AD, Cal State Fullerton wins the college baseball national championship in 2004. So I'm there in two and three. They win the national championship in four. And the way they do it, they were 15 and 16, unranked, written off, and go 36 and four the rest of the way and win the national championship. And their head coach attributes a lot of that success to Ken Revisa and the mental game. So I knew that this system worked. 
And the pitching coach at Fullerton that year got a job at UC Irvine, one of the rivals of Fullerton. And he said, Brian, would you come and work with us? And then he's like, all I can do is pay for your flight. And I was out there like every month. And then that's how the process got started. And we started getting results. The next thing you know, I'm looking, linking up with TCU baseball. I'm linking up with Vanderbilt baseball. I hook up with a UFC fighter by the name of George St. Pierre. And the next thing you know, everything starts compounding. And in 2010, I walk away from being a high school athletic director. 2011, walk away from being an AD. I've been a full-time mental performance coach on the road about 280 days a year doing seminars, working with college teams, working with professional high school, college, amateur athletes all over the country. I've had a chance to corner five UFC mixed martial arts champions. Uh, I've worked with two baseball Cy Young Award winners and David Price and Jake Arrieta. Just had Kyler Murray, who was a Heisman Trophy winner out of the University of Oklahoma, had him with Oklahoma baseball, you know, from the corporate scene and just myself personally feeling like you got to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. And so I've gotten into ultra endurance, then three Ironmans, just ran my first 100 mile race, June 1st to June 2nd, 29 and a half hours of suck. I'll never do that again. Um, but it was, uh, it's something that I feel like is a calling for me. It's not work. It's a mission. And I'm just blessed to be able to share, you know, my experience and most importantly, the strategies that I've learned about optimal performance that will help people start to achieve their goals more quickly. Because again, I'm living proof and experience by you and people listening here will tell you that working hard isn't enough. Having a good attitude isn't enough. You've got to have the right strategy and back it up with the right effort if you want optimal results. And you and I certainly have not only the sports psychology thing, but also the triathlete and the ultra marathon thing in common as well. Talk to me a little bit more about the strategy. And I guess what I'm curious about is when somebody comes to you, and I don't know if it's too much of just a blanket question, but if you were going to start people, if they say, you know what, feel a little bit stuck in my performance, whether it's athletics or personal or professional or otherwise, what is the starting point that you use for people in regards to mental training? For sure. First thing I do is I, is I outline for them what mental performance is. Okay, so I take them through my system and I cover all of this in my mental performance coaching certification course at briancane.com, but I outline them with what I call the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. Because if we just start talking about mental performance, it's like up here in the clouds and people are like, well, what is that? And I listen to podcasts or I watch YouTube videos and it's like up in the clouds and I want to put it in the dirt and make it specific to say of the best performers I've ever worked with, here are the 10 skill sets that they have. Okay. So if you think about like, let me give an example of a, uh, let's take a, let's take a baseball shortstop. He's got to be able to move left and right. He's got to have a strong arm. He's got to be able to catch. He's got to be able to use his voice to command. Those are four skills that a shortstop has to develop to become elite. So that's the shortstop physical piece. If we take mental performance, here's the 10. And I would encourage you to write these down, throw them in the show notes, or for the listeners can write them down. So one is an elite mindset. Two is they have a high level of motivation and commitment. Three is they have focus and awareness. Four is self-control and discipline. Five is motivation and commitment. Six would be using meditation and mental imagery. Seven is routines and habits of excellence. Eight is time management and organization. And then depending on the person, we'll get into leadership, which is nine, and the right culture, which is 10. Those are the 10 mental skills that the individual and team and corporate organizations or athletes or performers that I've worked with, those are the 10 skill sets that they have. So take the entire field of sports psychology, let's develop these 10, okay? And then what I would typically do is I'd say, hey, let's do a self-assessment. Let me explain what these are and where are you at on a scale of one to 10. And they'll kind of, no sevens, because otherwise you get a lot of sevens. So they got to identify where they're at. And then I'd say, which of these areas do we want to go after? So that's one place that I might start. Like with an assessment, 
and then saying, where do we want to dive in? The other place I start, which having done this now, you know, full time for, I mean, I was doing it full time, even when I was a high school athletic director every weekend for, you know, so I've been doing this full time, let's say since 2005. And if I were to say the number one thing that pops up, that's probably been most beneficial when I ask for feedback after people haven't gone through the program, for example, I've had 900 baseball players that have gone through this program that have been drafted into pro baseball. And I only know it's 900 plus because I keep track of it every year in an Excel document and they just had the draft. So this year I had four of the first 10 picks in the draft. So when I talk to those players or guys that have gone through it, one of the things I'll say is what's the number one thing of all the stuff that we've learned that you feel like gives you the, gives you the most benefit or is the most advantageous for you? And probably 80% of the time they either say breathing or they say controlling what you can control. So typically when someone is stuck, I will start with getting a piece of paper, drawing a line down the center and writing down can control, can't control and having them list. And then I'll say, what percentage of the time are you focusing on this list of things you can't control? What percentage of the time are you focused on the things you can control? And Scott, most of the time, it's probably somewhere around the 75, 25, 80, 20 range of what they cannot control. Because if they're feeling stuck, often they're stuck because they're trying to control things they can't control. If they simply shifted to the things they could control, they would get momentum and productivity on their side because they'd be moving forward because they're doing things that they can control. Now, if they're, if they're, if they're 80, 80, 20, 80, what I can control, 20, what I can't control, I say, really? And I dig into it a little bit deeper, but then I also say, okay, well, what do you want? What's the top three things you want? You can have every, anything in the world. You have all the money in the world, all the time in the world. What are the three things you do? What are the three things you want? Because they just don't have clarity. And I think when people get stuck, it's because they don't have clarity. Mm-hmm. So people self-report breathing, perhaps self-talk, controlling the controllables as being the biggest things that help them. Now, yep. self-report isn't always, isn't always 100% accurate, as I, I'm sure you've seen. Based mm-hmm. on the athletes and the people that you've worked with one-on-one, is that still your perception that those are the things that can benefit them the most? Or have you noticed something else as far as the people you've worked with one-on-one, that this has really been something that's moved the needle more than something else? Yeah, for sure. You know, I would, I, would, I would probably put it down into what I call the three P's of optimal performance, right? Present moment focus, process over outcome-based thinking and focus, and then being, being productive. So to me, the, the reason why they say breathing is breathing is the process to help them get into the present where you're going to be most productive. So they say the breath, but the breath is what they do Okay. And what they're, and they're doing, they're taking a deep breath every pitch or, you know, as a golfer, they're taking a deep breath before every shot or as the salesperson who's dialing for dollars, they're, they're, they're taking a breath, picking up the phone, making the call. Someone gets on the call, they would stand up as part of their process. So their energy is better and they're going through it, you know, that whole process. So I would say the breath is a big one for getting them present. And when we talk about the process, ultimately the process is controlling what you can control but then also having routines to be consistent. So if there was one other thing I would throw in there, it would 100% be performance and daily routines. Because if you want to be consistent, it comes back to routines. And I think the secrets of success are hidden in the routines of our daily lives. And I talk so much about peak performance routines as well, as I'm sure you do. So take me through some of, if you want to get into your own personal life or something that you've taught either business leaders, athletes, so on and so forth, what are some of the primary rituals and routines that you think are most instrumental to your success? 
for sure. So, you know, I'll, I'll, before we get into those routines, let me share with you something I call the four-step consistency cycle, okay? So the four-step consistency cycle, number one, set an intention, meaning what do you want to do? So for me, I'm going to say, I want to uh, meditate every day. Number two, schedule it. Okay, when am I going to meditate? When I wake up, I'm going to come get in my Norma Tech chair in my office, and I'm going to lay in there for 15 minutes and meditate. Number three, measure it. And this is where I came across an app that I wanted to share called Way of Life. And the Way of Life app is simply you set goals or journal, they call them journals, but you set goals that you want to track. And then number four is you reflect and you refocus. So an example, one, I want to meditate every day for 15 minutes. Two, schedule it. I'm going to do it when the first thing when I wake up and get in my chair, my Norma Tech chair. Three, I'm going to measure it. I'm going to do it five out of seven days a week. And then four, I'm going to reflect. So on Sundays, I sit down and I reflect and I look at my way of life journals and go, hey, what did I do well this week? What do I want to do better next week? How am I going to do it? I call it a well, better how process. So on Sunday, I sit down, I look at my journals and my tracking of my routines and habits that I want to either start or stop. And I say, what did I do well this week? What do I want to do better? How am I going to do it? So for example, I want to call my dad, who is now 77 years old, at least once a week. Last two weeks, I haven't called him. So last night, I go, I'm calling him tomorrow. Intention. Schedule. When one of my one-on-one coaching clients drops out today, which when you have 25 one-on-one coaching calls, someone's going to drop out last minute. That's when I was going to call my dad. So I set the schedule. Call him today. One of the best 15-minute conversations we've probably had in, in five years. So it was because I was present. It's because I you know, went in with, with like a process of just I was going to be offensive in terms of asking questions of what he had going on. So though that's that four-step cycle. It doesn't matter what your routines are or what you set out to do with your intention if you don't schedule it and you don't measure it and you don't take time to reflect and refocus. That being the case, key routines for me. Number one, structuring every minute of my week. I call it a 168. So I sit down on Sunday night and I map out what my week looks like for the entire week. And then I sit down and I reflect on my journal and then I do some kind of personal development stuff. What are the things I really have to do this week? I schedule my workouts, I schedule my date nights, I schedule when I'm gonna do my meditations, all that. I wanna leave nothing unscheduled. I might schedule free time and things are always going to come up so I have to adapt and adjust, but my primary purpose of my routine, or the big purpose, the biggest like keystone of my routine, schedule my week. Other things would then be getting to bed at nine, waking up at five. <clears throat> because I know if I, a great morning routine, everyone wants to talk about their morning routine, but what they fail to realize is that the good evening routine kickstarts the morning routine. So my good evening routine is turn, you know, fill out my way of life about 8.30, turn the air conditioner on to, to 71 degrees. I live in Phoenix. It's 110. Get it to 71 degrees. Hotels are home. And then I will go through like the bathroom routine. I'll get in bed. I might start reading. I want to go lights out at nine. I'll set out my clothes the night before that I'm going to wear first thing when I wake up because I like to exercise in the morning, call it sweat before screens. I want to sweat before I get in front of the computer or the phone and I'll put my phone on top of the clothes I'm going to wear. So the phone goes off. I get up, I grab my clothes, I grab my phone, I walk in the bathroom, go to the bathroom, weigh myself, brush my teeth, get dressed, go into the gym, start moving. Or I'll go in and I'll meditate and then start moving. So sometimes I'll go in and I'll just go in and do like, like a five minute, you know, just, just yoga flex of moving and trying to kind of get my body to feel good before I go and sit back down. Other times I'll go in and do meditation, then get up and moving. So that piece is not as like structured, but I'm going to do both of those things. Um, and then, and then into my daily routine, other things I'll do, I'll call success hotline every day, which if you're not calling success hotline, 
you're missing out on the biggest thing you can do as part of your daily basis. I think to grow an elite mindset. Dr. Rob Gilbert, professor of sports psychology, Montclair State, New Jersey. Every morning, Scott, since January 22nd, 1992, he leaves a three-minute message on an answering machine. You ever called? No, and I'm feeling like I'm missing out. It's, it's sort of oh, like missing out. Back me in the face here, and I don't missing even know. out, <laughs> man. You change your life. So let me share the number. So the phone number nine seven three seven four three four six nine zero. I'll say it again nine seven three seven four three four six nine zero. All you do is call and listen for three minutes a day. January twenty second, nineteen ninety two. He's been leaving a message. He's like messing ten message ten thousand four hundred. I heard Rob Gilbert speak at a leadership conference in Vermont in 2006. And Scott, I've called almost every day since 2006. I've authored 42 books. And I can tell you that 80% of what I teach, 80% of what I say, 80% of what I write comes right from Success Online. Because when you call it every day, it just penetrates your mindset and it's a training. It's on my list. I promise you, I will call it. So <laughs> you've, you've got me to do that. Um, and, and one other question I wanted to ask you before, because you brought up Ken Revizzo a couple of times sure. and the mentors that come into our lives in all shapes and sizes. When you look back on your time with him, what are some of the most important things that he taught you? Hmm. And I'm sure he taught you a lot, but sure. if you were to really just say, you know, it was just one, two, three things. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can tell you how much Ken Revisa meant to me. He's the first guy I called when I proposed to my wife. I asked him to be the best man at my wedding. He passed away a year ago. I have a tattoo of his face right here over my heart. So that's how much he means to me. Wow. And I would say um, if there were three things that I took out of Ken, number one would be you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. I don't think I ever saw him like lose self-control. He was always in control. He was always present. I think he would say um, be a student first. You know, and Ken was the great, he's the godfather of sports psychology. He was probably one of the most humble students and always trying to learn also. Uh, and then I think the other thing would just be a deep personal connection and care for people. You know, and whether, and Ken was working 40 years in Major League Baseball. I mean, he worked with more Olympic athletes than maybe any other mental performance coach or sports psychologist ever. And he would give, he would give the freshman in college student who didn't have any idea where they were going in their life as much time as he would give the Olympic gold medalist. And he would care as much about that person as he would the Olympic gold medalist. Because for Ken, I don't think his goal was train world champions. I think his goal was help empower people to be their best. And it didn't matter who the person was. If it was a person, he was going to try to take a piece of himself and offer it to that person. And I feel like that's part of what was his genius. And if you're putting show notes here too, Scott, I, when he passed away, uh, I wrote an article that day called the KR70 because he passed away at 70 years old and it was 70, um, 70 lessons learned from Ken Revisa. There's a blog post on my website that maybe you can link to. And I thought you would dig as an ultra endurance, endurance guy. Uh, when I ran my one and only hundred mile race, I wore number 70 in honor of Ken too. Wow. Yeah, man. That's awesome. <laughs> For people that would, I know our time here is limited. So for people that would like to learn more about what it is that you do and connect with you, where do you want them to go? For sure. Uh, hands down, go to my website, briancane.com. If you're a coach, if you're a trainer, 
if you're an athlete, if you're looking to master mental performance, I put together a certification course called Mental Performance Mastery, which is going to help you as a coach or a trainer get your athletes to get the results that they're missing. Because mental performance, as you know, Scott, is truly the missing link in performance. If you can, you can work really hard and have a great conditioning plan, you can dial in your nutrition. But if your mindset is off, when you get into that crunch time of performance, you're going to fall short. Just like if you have a great mindset, but you don't have conditioning and you don't have nutrition, it's all going to fall apart. It takes all three of those things. You have to have what I call the triad. You have to have great conditioning, great nutrition, and great mindset. But I think if you want to be committed to conditioning and have the discipline to execute around nutrition and the organization, the meal prep and all that, it all starts with the mindset. So I'd say briancane.com, check out the certification. And then also on Instagram and Twitter, Brian Kane Peak, B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N Peak, P-E-A-K. Awesome. And I will put links to as many things as I possibly can in the show notes for this. Uh, so we've, I love the fact that you have systems, acronyms, and different things for, for all of your different models, which I think is critically important. And we've thrown a lot at people today here in a short period of time. If they were to just take, or if you were to have them or advise them on doing just maybe one, two, or three things after listening to this podcast episode, short of going to your website and learning more, um, what would you advise them to do as far as getting started? Yeah, number one would be, oh, six, what's that? Just being stronger mentally. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Number one is we don't rise to the occasion. We sink to our training. And the hardest part about training the mental game is what do I do? Here's the first thing you do. You call Success Hotline every single day and you listen to, to you know, the two, the two faces of Mount Rushmore of mental performance, Ken Revisa, Rob Gilbert. You listen to Rob Gilbert every single day for three minutes. So that's number one, call Success Hotline. Number two, write down on a piece of paper what you can control, what you can't control, and intentionally commit to the things that you can control. And then number three, I would say, is create structure for your day and for your time and map out every minute of your day because what we schedule gets done. And if you go into a day going, hmm, what do I think I ought to do today? You're already losing. You need to wake up with a plan. And when your feet hit the ground, you need to be kicking the day's ass every day, man. You got to be on attack mode all the time. Unless of course you're in recovery mode, which recovery mode you're still attacking, right? You're still going to get in the cold tub. You're still getting your dry needling. You're still getting your massage. You're still getting your cryo. You're still getting your norm attack. You're still getting your yoga. You got to attack it. So if you're going to attack it, you got to learn the third piece, I would say. Act different than how you feel. Feelings are not facts. When you think you're done, you got more in the tank. And if you've ran 100 miles and you've been in the ultra endurance world, dude, you get it, man. I wanted to quit running that 100 miles at mile 15, but here's what I knew. I knew that at 100 miles, the pain would end. I knew that at 100 miles, it would be over. And I was willing to cry, crawl, hurt, puke, do whatever. I just wasn't going to quit, man. Just don't quit. Ah, Brian, I got to say, not every podcast guest that I've had on here has really fired me up and motivated me. And certainly no one has smacked me down the way that you did as far as the success hotline. So we all have to take it every now and then. But I want to thank you for that. And on behalf of all the listeners and all the people um, on, on YouTube or listening on podcast platforms, thanks for being on. Really appreciate it. Hey man, thanks for having me. You know, it's an honor. And I, and I did, you know, it's, I have a lot of fun doing this. Like it's not, you know, I, I, uh, this is not work, man. This is fun. You know, then I love doing this. And when you, and I, I think if there was one thing to end with, right, as we're, as we're talking, you know, I, I, one of the concepts I teach in, in, in creating a championship culture is identifying your MVP process. What's your mission? What's your vision? What are your core principles? And the mission is what do you want on your tombstone? 
The vision is tangibly, what are you trying to get done? Yes or no. So I want to run an Ironman under a half Ironman under five and a half hours, you know, check the box. Yes or no. Did I do it? I want to certify 10,000 coaches in mental performance over the course of my lifetime, 500 a year for 20 years. If they each touch a thousand lives, that's 10 million lives we impacted together. That's a part of my vision, right? So the vision is tangible. Yes or no. The mission is what you want on the gravestone. Once you identify what your mission is and why you're living, man, your focus goes through the roof and you start to identify, is this part of my mission? No, get rid of it. Is this helping me achieve my mission? No, get rid of it. Is this helping me? Yes. And you start to align with your behaviors and align with people that are on the same mission with you. And when I got clarity on my mission to educate, empower, and energize other people to be their best, the game changed, man. And my whole performance went to another level because I started coming at things from a service mindset. And I think when you show up into a room and you walk in and you say, there you are, instead of here I am, and you show up truly coming in with service with the best interest of other people, then you get way more. And as Zig Ziglar once said, man, if you focus on influence and impact, you will make an income. If you focus on income, you'll miss influence, you'll miss impact, and you'll miss the entire game. So if you're a coach, if you're a trainer, how much more influence and how much more impact can you have in people's lives if you start coaching mental performance? and then watch how your income soars along with the results of your clients. Amen. You're speaking my language, Brian. Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. And I got to say, of all the podcasts I've been on, you got the damn Colorado flag in the background. Looks like a Colorado Buffalo's touchdown over a Michigan football player. You got the diploma in the background. You set up that office, man. You must have some feng shui expert in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's right, my man. All right. To all of you out there, keep performing and uh, wishing you the best of health, happiness, high performance. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Hello, outperformers. Three more quick things before we sign off here today. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I understand how many different podcasts are out there, and I do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset. It is our most precious commodity, and I appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform Podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit to resiliency and focus to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.